We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. And away we go, episode 82 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Friday, June 11, 2021, the first day of the spring slash summer vacation for the Washington football team. Thursday was like the last day of school, the final offseason practice until training camp begins in Richmond on July 27th. Thursday was day three of the mandatory minicamp. The last day of school was always a great day, wasn't it? That feeling of freedom, of liberation, of knowing that for the next two to three months, you didn't have to do anything. I guess depending on your age, right? If you were in high school or college, you probably had stuff going on. But even during those years, the last day of school was a special thing. And as a kid, forget about it. You had no responsibilities. You had nothing that you had to be thinking about come the summer. Summers for me as a kid were about playing Tony LaRusso's Ultimate Baseball on our computer and watching the same episode of SportsCenter about 15 times every morning. That's what summers in the early 1990s were all about. Anyway, we have a lot to discuss off day three of Washington's minicamp. Ron Rivera, yes, did address the Montez Sweat COVID-19 vaccine situation, the saga, the controversy. I'll get into that next segment. And then we're going to talk football, okay? Is that all right with everybody if we actually talk football on the podcast? Because something very significant may have been revealed on Thursday, that there is a quarterback competition, a very real quarterback competition for the Washington football team. Now, we can't say that with certainty, but if you're like me and you want a legitimate quarterback competition, boy, did we get some signs of one during Ron's post-practice press conference. Everything that you need to hear is coming up. I'll get into some other items from day three of minicamp, including Ron on Scott Turner, Ron on the new practice fields in Ashburn, and Washington special teams coordinator Nate Katzer opening up about Washington's competition at punt returner. As you probably know, Washington has been awful on punt returns for years now. That's got to change. We had no Nationals game on Thursday, game one of an 11-game homestand and of a four-game series against the major league-leading San Francisco Giants postponed due to rain. That was actually a good thing for the Nats because their bullpen is operating on fumes these days. So game one of the series now will be on Friday night at 7.05, and then there will be a doubleheader on Saturday, game one Saturday afternoon at 2.05, game two Saturday night at 7.15. Those two doubleheader games, of course, will be seven-inning games. The Nats, in case you don't know, are 0-5 in seven-inning games this season. Hopefully, the O becomes at least a 1, if not a 2, on Saturday. Now, also, regarding the Nats, did you hear who is set to throw out the ceremonial first pitch on Friday night? Ron Rivera. 
Yes, Don Ron on the mound at Nationals Park on Friday night. That's going to be really cool because this series marks the first series for which 100% capacity at Nationals Park is allowed for the first time since the COVID-19 pandemic. And the Don will be in the house and on the mound for the first game at which you can have 100% capacity at Nationals Park since the pandemic. Hopefully, we will have a packed house. I'm not expecting that, though. Uh, The weather is not supposed to be great on Friday, and the Nats obviously have not been great so far this season. There's an interesting connection between Davey Martinez and Ron Rivera. They were both Chicago athletes at the same time years ago. Davey played for the Chicago Cubs in the mid to late 1980s when Ron was a linebacker for the Chicago Bears. Maybe Ron can become a part of the Nats rotation. It's hard to think that he'd be much worse than uh, what Patrick Corbin has been so far this season. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. One of the reasons that I give out my Twitter handle and email address on every show is because I never know what gems, what pearls of wisdom you guys may provide. Always know we are in this together. This podcast is more than a podcast. It is a movement. It is a revolution. We are like an underground militia rising up to combat the status quo of unimaginative, boring, stale, lazy sports talk radio. If you want to hear a host just take one phone call after another from the same six people every day, knock yourself out. If you want more from your sports talk, and you should want more, ride with us on this podcast for which there are new episodes every weekday, Monday through Friday by 5 a.m. Anyway, I got this email from Michael Landstreet Jr. Uh, Writes Michael, love the podcast and been listening since your 980 days. Thank you, Michael. I had a suggestion for a soundboard effect. I always like what people call the sound bites, (laughs) the soundboard effect. Anyway, uh, continues Michael. When Washington drafted Benjamin St. Juice, I immediately remembered the old SNL skit, Hubs Gyros. You likey the juice, eh? The juice is good, yeah? Good news on the guy coming out of minicamp already in regards to the guy. I think that playing the line asking if we likey the juice and the juice is very good would work well on your podcast. P.S. Intro music is still awful, even if it initiates a Pavlovian dog response of happiness that a new pod is starting up. Thank you, Michael. Uh, So I have to be honest, I had never seen that skit before, or if I had seen it, I had forgotten it, but I found it on YouTube. The skit is from a 1990s episode of Saturday Night Live with Jason Alexander, a.k.a. George Costanza. The skit features Alexander, Rob Schneider, and Adam Sandler. And Michael, I do believe you have struck gold, my friend. We have found an appropriate soundbite for Benjamin St. Juice, who was all the rage on Wednesday off what he did at that day's minicamp practice. Here is part of the skit. Yes, my friend. Yeah, uh, hi. <laughs> yes, how can I do? Um, I was wondering, can I get uh, a little more juice for the sandwich? You like the juice, eh? <laughs> yeah, it's, you know. The juice is good, eh? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh... <laughs> I get you more juice. Okay, great, thanks. Helios, more juice for the gyro. What? For who? Right here. I mean, come on. That is beautiful. Michael, I owe you like a producer's credit. Hopefully, Benjamin St. Juice becomes a major player player for Washington. A, because that'll be good for Washington. And B, because we can then play the heck out of our new soundbite, our new soundboard effect. You like the juice, eh? (laughs) Yeah. The juice is good, eh? Yes. I love it. Speaking of sound bites, uh, I play the Ron Rivera position flex all the time. Do you know that Ron on Thursday again made mention of position flex? He cannot get enough of that. Ron got asked about making sure that Dayami Brown gets involved in the offense, given that the team already has the likes of Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. And Ron said the following. No, it's a rotation is what it really is. I mean, that's why we talk about guys having position flex too, you know. You don't want a receiver just to only be able to play the X. You want to be able to play the Z, the X, and the F. I mean, that's that's important. Yes, the phrase that pays, position flex. Ron loves that. He can't get enough of that. And so I can only imagine 
how Don Ron feels about one of the great supporters of this podcast, John Grandland of Real Broker. Because whereas Ron loves position flex, John Grandland, aka John G, is the OG of commission flex. If you need to sell your home and aren't sure to whom to turn, if you've been trying to sell your home and you're not satisfied with how things are going, even if you're just thinking about selling your home, contact my guy, John Grandland, as yes, he offers commission flex. You see, not every house requires the same amount of work or money spent marketing. So why should you pay the same fees? It doesn't make sense. It's never made sense. If your house is going to sell in six minutes, you shouldn't have to pay 6%. Let John put a marketing plan together for you that will maximize your home's value and help you keep more of your hard-earned equity in your pocket. John has a menu of commission packages that you can choose from, aka Commission Flex. Among the options is selling your home for free. Yes, you heard that right, for free. Some conditions do apply. But interviewing John Grandlin is an absolute no-brainer. He can come by your house, give you a step-by-step plan on what to do to get top dollar, and maybe even more importantly, what not to do so you don't spend needlessly and there is never any obligation to list or sell. Do yourself a favor and call John Grandland. He will sell your home guaranteed. Call John G now. The phone number is 703-537-6747. And make sure you tell him that Al Galdi sent you. And make sure you tell him you want to hear about what you heard about on the Al Galdi podcast, The Commission Flex. That phone number again, 703-537-6747. Or you can check out John Grandlin online at John G sellsforfree.com. That's John G sellsforfree.com. John Grandland, nobody will do a better job of selling your home. And remember, he is the master of commission flex. Position flex. Exactly, Ron. Just like position flex. So before we get to the actual football from day three of the Washington football team's minicamp, let's put a bow on the Montez Sweat COVID-19 vaccine situation. Wednesday, of course, Sweat came out publicly against getting vaccinated for COVID-19. Thursday, Ron Rivera at his post-minicamp practice press conference got asked a bunch about what Sweat said, his stance, etc. Now, Montez Sweat, of course, is not alone in his stance. Ron, at his post-minicamp practice press conference on Wednesday, said that while all of Washington's coaches and employees have been vaccinated for COVID-19, Washington players were only nearing like a 50% COVID-19 vaccination rate. This was Ron on Thursday on Washington having some players in favor of getting vaccinated and other players not in favor of getting vaccinated. Uh, as, as long as everybody respects each other's opinions and thoughts on it, um, there really isn't an issue, to be honest with you. Um, and that's what we have to do. I mean, everybody has a choice to make. And, 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 and if that's his opinion and that's his choice, then we respect it and we move on from that. I mean, you know, we, that's probably one of the bigger problems I think we have right now is that not everybody's respecting each other's thoughts and, and opinions and not letting people make their own decisions. You know, Montez spoke for himself and himself only, and that's his decision. And hey, you know what? I respect it. So as I pointed out on Thursday's installment of the podcast, there are significant competitive advantages for an NFL team having a high vaccination rate. You start with the relaxing of COVID-19 protocols, including these two big ones. There is no mandatory quarantining for fully vaccinated players and staff members if exposed to a COVID-19 positive person. There are no travel restrictions for fully vaccinated players and staff members if exposed to a COVID-19 positive person. Additionally, a player getting vaccinated lessens the likelihood of that player getting COVID-19 and potentially missing a game or games come the season. These are competitive advantages. If you have these things working in your favor and say the Dallas Cowboys do not, the Philadelphia Eagles do not, the New York Giants do not, you are at an advantage when it comes to trying to win the NFC East. Now, Getting vaccinated for COVID-19 does not guarantee you not getting COVID-19. We all know that by now. I love the people, by the way, who keep pointing that out as if it's some secret. You know, the vaccine doesn't guarantee you don't get COVID-19. No kidding, okay? Uh, Getting vaccinated doesn't guarantee you not getting the virus. Getting the flu shot doesn't guarantee you not getting the flu. That's been the case forever. But getting vaccinated for COVID-19 does lessen the likelihood of you getting COVID-19 and does lessen the severity of COVID-19 
should you get it, in addition to helping to protect others, in addition to helping to minimize the threat of the virus mutating. But imagine now, off all of the hubbub over Montez Sweat's stance on getting vaccinated for COVID-19, if he gets the virus and has to say miss week one against the Chargers, okay? Like, can you imagine that after all of this? Right on Thursday, on how much of a competitive disadvantage the Washington football team will be at if more players don't get vaccinated for COVID-19? Well, the disadvantage be, will only be created if, uh, if we break the protocols. And, and, and if that's what we're going to have to do is live with the protocols, then we'll do it. We did it last year. We'll do it again this year. Um, we're going to follow the rules. We're going to do it the right way. Um, you know, would I like them to get vaccinated? Yes. And, and, and I think it's important. But, again, guys, you know what? Uh, each person has to make their own decisions for themselves and what they think is best. So, at that point, you know, we, we live with it. Uh, we'll live with the situation and circumstances. And Ron's totally right about that. You can't make people get vaccinated. You shouldn't shame people into getting vaccinated. All you can do when you're in a position of leadership, as Ron is, is educate people, arm them with accurate information, and let them make their own decisions. I made this point on Thursday's show. I think it's a key point with all of this. This whole COVID-19 pandemic, from how the virus spreads to the best way to combat the pandemic, to the idea of developing the vaccines as quickly as they ended up being developed, to whether the vaccines are safe, to the origins of COVID-19 has been very confusing. The amount of misinformation, contradictory information, incomplete information, politically biased information that has been out there has been overwhelming. You know, it really has been something. I don't blame people for being confused. I don't blame people for having misconceptions about any of this. I'm not mad at Montez Sweat. In fact, I'm understanding of what's likely a major reason for why Montez Sweat feels the way that he feels. There's a lot of stuff out there and sorting through the stuff that is right versus the stuff that is wrong or the stuff that you say to yourself, okay, that seems legit versus the stuff that you say to yourself, you know, that seems kind of biased. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. I mean, the Florida-Texas thing continues to amaze me. All of the vilifying of those two states for acting as they did, and yet those two states have been in great shape as time has gone on in the pandemic. Ron on Thursday got asked whether he'll speak to Sweat about his stance on COVID-19 vaccines. Here was Ron's response. No, I will. Um, you know, and, 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 and I'll give him my two cents. And, and again, um, but at the same time, I got to, you know, make sure he understands I respect him for his, his, his own opinion. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, go at anybody and, and, and denigrate him because they have a difference of opinion. Um, you know, uh, the young man's got to make his own decision and, you know, and, and whatever the situation is, the circumstances are, he has to live within the circumstances. So that's the thing we have to understand folks is that we have to live in the circumstances we've had, um, or, or we're, we're, we're currently in. And, and that's, you know, that, that, you know, that's what we'll do. Yeah. This is not about trashing Montez Sweat or shaming Montez Sweat. But this also isn't about not correcting the inaccuracies that some people continue to perpetuate. When Sweat on Wednesday said, I don't see me treating COVID until I actually get COVID, that certainly seemed to indicate that he doesn't get what the purpose of the vaccine is. The vaccine, of course, is meant to prevent you from getting COVID-19 or at least uh, minimize the symptoms of COVID-19 if you get it. The vaccine is a proactive measure, not a reactive measure. It's worth correcting him on that if, in fact, he's wrong on that. The notion of the vaccines being important to prevent the virus from mutating. Again, if a guy like Sweat is unaware of that, it's worth educating him on that. That's all. No one is saying to strap sweat to a medical table and stab him with a syringe loaded up with Pfizer or Johnson & Johnson or Moderna. Or is it Moderna? I've heard it both ways. You can always email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Philip C. He writes, I hate the fact that we are making a stink of Montez Sweat's opposition to being vaccinated against COVID. I tried desperately not to listen to his response because I just like hearing and talking ball, but when I did hear his take, I literally smacked my forehead. His response indicated a complete and absurd misunderstanding of vaccination. While I am a doctor myself and perhaps am biased as to what is basic understanding of medical concepts, I don't think it is out of line to argue that a high school graduate should have at least a rudimentary understanding 
that vaccinations represent a preventative method. Sweat's misunderstanding is completely unacceptable from a college graduate in this country. How could Mississippi State University not be embarrassed by this? And in turn, the NCAA for allowing someone to obviously pass through an American university without the first evidence of an adequate education. Well, (laughs) Dr. Phillip, I don't have a great answer for you on all that. I will say that uh, Mississippi State isn't exactly known as the Harvard of the South when it comes to student athletes. I'll have to ask Fred Smoot about that the next time that I talk to him. But I also wouldn't say that all of this means that Montez Sweat isn't smart. I mean, let's be real. Montez Sweat is far from alone in his feelings. LeBron James has come off as lukewarm at best regarding the COVID-19 vaccines. Yes, old Bron Bron, who we know has become very socially active, not always accurate in the things that he says, but hey, who needs accuracy, right? Uh, But there are plenty of athletes, just like there are plenty of people in this country and in this world, period, who haven't just rushed to get vaccinated. Like I said earlier, Ron on Wednesday said that Washington players were only nearing like a 50% COVID-19 vaccination rate. That's really not that high. Washington brought in a COVID-19 vaccine expert to talk to the players, presumably because so many players have been reluctant to get vaccinated. Washington brought in Dr. Kismikia S. Corbett, an immunologist and leading coronavirus vaccine researcher, to speak to the team on Tuesday. We all know this, right? Sports are a reflection of society. We have a very divided society. We have a society in which we have a hard time agreeing on just basic sets of facts. That's a real problem right now. And I think a big reason for why this Montez Sweat thing has become such a big thing this week is that the situation is one that's not uncommon right now. Perhaps Montez Sweat should chat with our guy, Dr. George Verghese. See, now he would set Sweat straight. Dr. George Verghese, the medical director for the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. He is a board-certified dermatologist and Mohs surgeon. The Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland focuses on medical dermatology and skin cancer diagnosis and comprehensive care, including something very special and cutting edge, superficial radiation therapy, or SRT. SRT is an alternative to surgical procedures for basal cell and squamous cell skin cancer. Squamous cell skin cancer is a type of cancer that Ron Rivera dealt with. SRT is revolutionary. It's a non-surgical skin cancer treatment that's safe and effective. Having skin cancer doesn't mean having to have surgery and the downtime and side effects that go with surgery. You have options. Understand that a non-surgical option in SRT is available. Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland offer SRT, unlike many other dermatology practices in the area, and SRT is covered by most insurances. To find out more, call 301-396-3401. Make sure you tell them that Al Galdi sent you. That's 301-396-3401 or visit midatlanticskin.com. That's midatlanticskin.com. Dr. George Verghese in the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland, nationally recognized for treating skin cancer across the Mid-Atlantic region. All right, we now arrive at the actual football from day three of the Washington football team's mini camp. The most interesting thing to me from Ron Rivera's post-practice press conference on Thursday had to do with the quarterback situation. And I want you to listen to this and judge for yourself. And what I'm going to do is play for you the question and then the answer, because I want you to hear this answer in its full context. The question was asked by Washington football team insider, Nikki Javala of the Washington Post. Hi, Ron. Um, just overall, what was your what was your assessment of the quarterback play over these last three days? And just generally, what were some of the things that um, I guess stood out to you, um, good or bad. Well, first of all, how, how, how quickly things were picked up, um, how well um, uh, fits, jives with, uh, with our receiving core, our tight ends, our running backs, um, the rapport he has with the offensive line. That was, that was good to see. Um, when Taylor got back in there, it was good to see Taylor is, um, you know, the one thing that, that you can say about Taylor is, is he, he's an extremely – Accurate passer delivers a really good ball to the receivers. 
Um, his rapport with those guys is, 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 is also very good. So it's, 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 it's going to be a good competition. It really is. I, I look forward to it. I think it's going to push our football team and make our football team better. I, I just feel that, you know, going into this, knowing we have a, we have a proven guy there that's, that, 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 that has the ability to lead us. But again, we have a guy in Taylor that shows us that he can do it. They're going to compete. They're going to push. And, and, and I'm looking forward to it. All right. So what stood out to me from that exchange were two things. One, the extent to which Ron talked up Taylor Heineke. Two, Ron not once mentioning Kyle Allen. Now with the first thing, Ron talking up Heineke. I get it. This is what head coaches do. This was day three of minicamp, the final practice before training camp. Optimism reigns supreme for every NFL team this time of year. What was Ron going to do? Trash Heineke? My God, he sucks. Good God, he can't complete a pass to save his life. So I get that. However, Ron got asked a very open-ended question. That's why I played the question. The question wasn't about any quarterback in particular. The question wasn't about any facet of the quarterback situation in particular. Nikki asked Ron for his overall assessment of the quarterback play at minicamp and what stood out to him. Ron could have taken that question in any direction that he wanted regarding the quarterbacks, and yet he chose to use the question as an opportunity to, yes, compliment Ryan Fitzpatrick, but also talk up Taylor Heineke. Called him, quote, an extremely accurate passer, end quote, complimented his rapport with his teammates, and then discussed the quarterback competition. Ron didn't get asked about the quarterback competition, which a lot of people don't even believe is a competition. Ron brought up the quarterback competition unsolicited. And in doing all of this, Ron not once mentioned Kyle Allen. And that to me was the most stunning part of the whole thing. Kyle is Ron's guy, was Ron's guy at least. It was Kyle, remember, who Ron brought up unsolicited on the Wednesday before the win at Philadelphia in week 17 of last season to win the NFC East. Ron got asked essentially, would you be here if not for Alex Smith? And Ron said, "Mm, yeah, if Kyle Allen had stayed healthy, one of the most telling moments of last season, a moment that, especially in hindsight, was a total tip-off of the, shall we say, less than warm and fuzzy nature of the Ron Rivera-Alex Smith relationship. But Ron didn't mention Kyle at all in that response on Thursday. You know what I want. I say it all the time. I want an open, honest, good faith quarterback competition for the Washington football team. Ryan Fitzpatrick versus Taylor Heineke versus Kyle Allen. May the best man win. Fitzpatrick clearly is the favorite to beat Washington's starting quarterback to begin the 2021 season. Fitzpatrick started off as the QB1 in terms of these offseason practices, and that's fine. I have no problem with that. But I do want competition, especially when it comes to Heineke. The way that he has just been dismissed by people this offseason, to me, is lunacy. Yes, he has had a hard time staying healthy. Okay, fine. But what he did in that wild card loss to Tampa Bay at FedEx Field last January should never be forgotten. And it's not just what he did. It's the circumstances under which he did what he did. Heineke did what he did facing a Todd Bowles-coordinated Bucks defense that was terrific last season. The Bucks finished the 2020 regular season fifth in the NFL in pass defense for football outsiders, DVOA metric. Heineke did what he did despite suffering an AC joint separation in his left shoulder on that spectacular third quarter, third and five, eight-yard shotgun scramble touchdown run. Heineke did what he did despite Washington pass catchers being guilty of five drops, including four drops in the first half. Heineke did what he did despite J.D. McKissick having two major fails in pass protection. Heineke did what he did despite the officials being guilty of a brutal no-call in the first half. Perhaps you remember this. The officials inexplicably not calling pass interference on Bucks corner Carlton Davis on Cam Sims on a Heineke second quarter third and nine shotgun incompletion. And Heineke did what he did despite Washington's running game being borderline non-existent in that game. Go back and look it up. Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick in that game could not move. A combined 16 carries for just 36 yards and a touchdown, but 2.25 yards per carry. With all of that working against Heineke, he balled out on that Saturday night and going toe-to-toe with the GOAT, Tom Brady, and the eventual Super Bowl champion, Buccaneers. And oh, by the way, Heineke did this off having been signed by Washington 
just a month prior. Washington signed Heineke to its practice squad on December 8th. That game against the Bucks was this past January 9th. I mean, think about all of this. Are you just going to dismiss this guy? Okay. Do you remember the clip of Chase Young while he was mic'd up last season singing the name Heineke? Let's get it there, Heineke. Heineke. Yeah, Taylor Heineke became a thing, and justifiably so, last December and January. How do you not at least give Heineke a chance? I'm not saying that you hand him anything. Just give the guy a chance. What is there to lose? What if you have stumbled into a diamond in the rough? Yes, that's unlikely, but no, that's not impossible. Let's get it there, Heineke. Heineke. Exactly. The last question that Ron got asked on Thursday was about the quarterback competition, specifically the mechanics of the competition. Will the quarterbacks be rotated in terms of first team reps come training camp? Well, you try to you try to create, and I want to try and create situations that are that are going to be as game like as possible. Um, want to be able to rotate guys so that uh, everybody gets an opportunity to work with the same group of players. You know, you just try to do that and 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 create that uh, energy for, for for guys stepping onto the field and knowing that they're working with the ones. Um, and and that's one of the things that you know that we've done in the past. Um, you know that that. You, that's how you find out about players. And one of the things that we did, you know, in, in Carolina was, um, you know, and, 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 and to, to, to those guys' credit, our coach's credit, um, you know, uh, a guy that's a, uh, a, uh, a backup player will work with the ones because we don't need to wait until the middle of September in the middle of a game and a guy who's never taken a snap with the number one offensive line all of a sudden get in the middle of having to take a snap with the number one offensive line. Um, John Masco does a terrific job with that. Pete Hainert, all of our coaches do a terrific job of making sure their guys roll through. And at some point, they will get a chance to play with what is the, is the number one group at that time. I've heard it said that you can't do a true three-way quarterback competition because you only have so many practice reps to divvy up. I don't buy that. You can do whatever you want. I will concede, though, that it is trickier to do a three-way quarterback competition. But what if the quarterback competition is a two-man competition. What if Kyle Allen already is out of the mix when it comes to starting? There may be no true competition at all. That is possible. I don't dismiss that as a possibility. But that certainly wasn't the way that Ron was talking on Thursday. And also from Ron on Thursday, was him again admitting that he made a mistake in not conducting a quarterback competition in training camp last year? There were, of course, no OTA or minicamp practices in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Here was Rod on Thursday on what having OTA and minicamp practices last offseason would have meant. Well, I think what it would have done, it would have given us a better idea uh, as to what we had to focus in on, um, you know, what we had to hone up, um, how we needed to approach it with our players, with our position guys, Um I think that's the thing that we miss was not having an understanding, not having a feel. As I told you guys, you know, as I look at it, the mistake I made, um, you know, was my approach was wrong. I, I should have made it as big a competition as possible. Um, and that's on me. I, I wanted to try and give a, you know, a guy that I thought uh, was ready to take a step every opportunity, uh, try and build that, you know, that rapport, that relationship he needed with his, with his teammates. Um and that would have been something that, that, that we may have been able to see sooner and, and, and could have done something different, perhaps. So how about that? Ron essentially saying that he would have done things much differently at quarterback had he known sooner what he ended up finding out, that Dwayne Haskins was a total flop and a total fraud. Man, you can't overstate how much of a disaster the Haskins situation ended up becoming. When a head coach says, yeah, I should have done things differently because he ended up being that bad. That's about as big of an indictment of a player that you can have. Now, Ron did get asked a follow-up. Did he, in 2020, have enough time to conduct a true quarterback competition given the lack of off-season practices? Well, um, I, I think to a degree, yes. I mean, you know, I gave him 11 straight weeks. Seven of those were in training camp. Um, so I, I, again, as I said, it's just something looking back on it and hindsight is 2020, but just looking back on it, you know, that's probably the, the, the mistake I made. I should have declared it a competition and, and kept it at that. 
So a few things there. Number one, do you notice Ron won't say Dwayne Haskins' name? He, he won't say Dwayne or Haskins. He won't even call the guy by his name. He who shall not be named is what Dwayne Haskins has become. The other thing is, so Ron never did conduct a true competition last summer, right? We never got Dwayne Haskins versus Kyle Allen to say nothing of versus Alex Smith. But remember how Ron labeled Washington acting at quarterback now two off seasons ago. So talking about the 2020 offseason, Ron talked about wanting to bring in very competitive competition. Remember he said that during the 2020 offseason, the very competitive competition ended up being trading a fifth round pick to the Carolina Panthers for Kyle Allen. Now, we scoffed at the time of that being very competitive competition. And sure enough, there ended up not even being a competition last summer. But given that Kyle Allen outplayed Dwayne Haskins last season, it actually turns out there may well have been a competitive competition last summer had there been an actual competition. But of course, there wasn't one. So Ron, by his own admission, should have conducted a true quarterback competition in 2020, but did not. Why then is everyone so convinced that he won't conduct a true quarterback competition this year? Think about that. Well, whoever ends up as Washington's starting quarterback, Washington's quarterback play in 2021 has to be better than the team's quarterback play in 2020. We all understand that. The Washington football team in the 2020 regular season was number 32 in the NFL, dead last in total QBR per ESPN at 39.7. That's awful. I believe that Ron and Scott Turner are very bullish on the quarterback play being better. The signing of Fitzpatrick has a lot to do with that. So too do the signings of Curtis Samuel and Adam Humphreys, the drafting of Deyami Brown, and the continuing developments of Terry McLaurin, Cam Sims, Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson, and J.D. McKissick. I actually thought that Scott Turner, all things considered, did a pretty good job last season. I think that he thinks that his offense is poised for a breakout season this coming season, and he may be right. Right on Thursday, on if Scott Turner himself, young and developing as an offensive coordinator, right? He's entering just his second full season as an offensive coordinator, is feeling more comfortable. You see, you see the comfort. You really do. You see the confidence, um, a, little, a little bit of swagger in his, in his, in his walk. Uh, I think part of it is the, the, the players we are able to put around our, our quarterbacks. Um, I think uh, that that's very helpful, you know, and it kind of goes back to, and I've told you guys this before, one of the things that Marty Herney and I talked about when we first got to Carolina, when I first got to Carolina, was we have to identify our quarterback. Uh, we've got to be able to surround him uh, with playmakers, and we've got to be able to protect him. And, and I think we accomplished that this offseason. I, I feel very comfortable with, with what we've done with our offensive line uh, and with the playmakers we've got. So, again, I can see it reflected in the way Scotty moves around and handles himself during practices, during our meetings. Washington's passing game has got to be better this coming season. I would be shocked if the passing game isn't appreciably better. If the passing game isn't appreciably better, then Scott Turner may be out of a job. One more item from Ron on Thursday. He talked about the practice fields in Ashburn. So Washington this offseason has completed the reconstruction of the practice fields at the team's headquarters in Ashburn, in addition to authoring the first major reconstruction of FedEx Field's grass surface since the stadium opened in 1997. Don Ron has gotten Dan Snyder to spend some money on infrastructure. This, to me, is a very good sign and the kind of sign of the culture fix that doesn't get enough attention. Dan, for whatever reason, had been reluctant for years to spend on things like upgrading the grass surfaces at FedEx Field and at the team headquarters in Ashburn. That has changed this offseason. Ron Rivera is why. Ron on Thursday on the new practice fields in Ashburn. Well, it was, it was pretty good uh, turf out here. It really was. I mean, we didn't have to switch main practice fields, so we were able to stay close to you guys, first of all. Um, but the big thing is, it's, um, you know, to, 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 to give these guys quality football field an opportunity to, to not have to worry about flopping from one spot to another, uh, not worrying about wet spots or, or the grass being torn up. Um, I'm, I'm very appreciative of the fact that we were able to do it. I, I really do mean that. I mean, I, I appreciate, you know, the, the, the commitment that, that Mr. Snyder's made in, in helping to, to, to create the right type of practice atmosphere for our guys, uh, the right type of atmosphere here at the park for us and, and at FedEx. 
Yes, and Ron did say Mr. Snyder. I am actually one of the few people who doesn't cringe when Ron calls Dan Mr. Snyder. I don't think that it's that big of a deal. And my theory has been that at least part of the reason that Ron does that is part of an overall strategy and managing Dan. Keep him happy, keep him feeling like he's involved, but in reality, you're keeping close tabs on him and you're keeping him from interfering and truly dictating football operations. And as we all know, those things have not been easy to prevent. In fact, as the Danny himself said at Ron's introductory press conference, January 2020, that's very, very hard to do. You should Google that. Yes, that is very hard to do. And we should Google that. Thank you, Danny. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Also speaking in a post-minicamp practice press conference on Thursday was the Washington football team's special teams coordinator, Nate Katzer. And the special teams item that I want to hone in on this segment is punt returns. Washington has been horrendous on punt returns going on four years now. Jamison Crowder finished the 2016 regular season number four in the NFL in yards per punt return at 12.15. Since then, here's what we have had with Washington on punt returns. Our friend Steve Spurrier will help us out. 2017 regular season. Washington finished just 27th out of 32 NFL teams in yards per punt return at 6.14. Not very good. No. 2018 regular season, Washington finished just 25th out of 32 NFL teams in yards per punt return at 6.47. Not very good. No. 2019 regular season, Washington finished number 32 in the NFL, dead last in yards per punt return at 4.73. Not very good. No, not at all. 2020 regular season, the Washington football team finished just 27th out of 32 NFL teams in yards per punt return at 5.68. Not very good. No, it's not. Washington has been 25th or worse in the NFL in yards per punt return each of the last four seasons. That is unacceptable. Katzer on Thursday on what went on at punt returner in these offseason practices. Yeah, that's a that's a, a hot topic for everybody, including us. So we've had the the candidates out there every time Tress is punting off live leg and also jugs machine. And we've charted that. And that's always a position, not just this year, but that's always a position where everything's charted and it's under good scrutiny because obviously we know that that being reliable back there is a very, very important job. But you, I think you've probably all seen the, the ones that are out there. So far, it's been DeAndre Carter, Isaiah, Steven Sims, Dax Milne, Danny Johnson's done it. 
And those guys have been the primary players. There's also players on the roster like Adam Humphrey, who I have a history with in Tampa, who's done it in the past. But those guys that have been working at it are are the ones that we're looking at the most at this point in time. Then we'll recalibrate and at training camp, we'll, we'll have everybody that, that is uh, going to be evaluated going in training camp. But, yes, that's been a, a point of emphasis, and we've spent a lot of time on that. All right, so in the mix are last season's primary punt return men, Steven Sims, who did the bulk of the punt returning, Isaiah Wright, uh, more on those two coming up in just a bit, Danny Johnson is in the mix as well. Now, Danny Johnson was far more Washington's kickoff return man in the 2020 season as compared to the punt return man. And Johnson actually did a halfway decent job on kickoff returns last season. He finished the 2020 regular season 13th among players with at least 15 kickoff returns and yards per kickoff return at 22. Also, three newcomers are in the mix for Washington at punt returner. Dax Milne, the receiver out of BYU. Washington took him with the team's third, seventh round pick in the 2021 NFL draft. Dax Milne was BYU's number one receiver in the 2020 season, which of course featured Zach Wilson at quarterback. Receiver DeAndre Carter. The Washington football team announced the signing of Carter on April 1st. He's going into his age 28 season. He is a smaller guy. Uh, Washington list Carter is being 5'8". He has bounced around the NFL. He entered the league with the Baltimore Ravens as an undrafted rookie out of Sacramento State in 2015, comes to Washington off having spent time with the Ravens, Oakland Raiders, New England Patriots, San Francisco 49ers, Philadelphia Eagles, Houston Texans, and Chicago Bears. But he is fast. Carter in March 2015 at the Sacramento State Pro Day ran a 4-4-4-40. He has caught some balls, uh, comes to Washington with 34 receptions over 43 career regular season games, but he has been mostly a return man. DeAndre Carter in his NFL career an average of 21.84 yards over 45 career regular season kickoff returns and an average of 9.35 yards over 63 career regular season punt returns. Katzer on Thursday on DeAndre Carter. DeAndre, and, and I know you've a lot of you have been available to be out there and watch, but he's a, he's a, a young veteran. He's, he's done it a few years in the NFL. He's got good game experience. He's comfortable back there. You can tell just by the, the players' mannerisms, the players that are comfortable underneath the ball, what we call tracking the ball, adjusting in the breeze. And he's a, a comfortable veteran back there. And he does, you, you know, obviously he's got film out there, but his film is good. He's got good run skills. So he's a good all-around returner. And just we could see that on the film, and that's why – coach and our personnel department brought him in but just being around him in person the things you can't see on film he's a really energetic positive he's a fun player to be around and the the positive of that of having a good personality is when you're a runner is those blockers really even if it's subconscious and really enjoy blocking for you and then there's Adam Humphreys, who Washington signed in free agency, in theory, to be the primary slot receiver. He has served as a punt returner and a kickoff returner, but he hasn't exactly been dynamic in those roles. Humphreys, over four seasons, 2016 through 2019, totaled 63 regular season punt returns, averaged 7.98 yards per punt return, but didn't have any touchdowns. His longest punt return during that stretch was for just 25 yards. Humphreys over those four seasons, 2016 through 2019, a total of six regular season kickoff returns. And here's the real question with Adam Humphreys. Do you want him back there on punt returns, given his recent injury history? 2019, Humphreys played in just 12 regular season games. He missed the Tennessee Titans' final four regular season games and then the Titans' first two playoff games due to an ankle injury. 2020, Humphreys played in just seven regular season games. He missed a game in October due to being on the Titans' reserve slash COVID-19 list and then missed eight of the Titans' final nine regular season games and the loss to the Baltimore Ravens on Super Wildcard Weekend due to a concussion. It seems to me the real battle here is Steven Sims versus DeAndre Carter. Sims was the primary guy last year, didn't do a very good job. Carter has substantial punt returning experience and has had some success. Again, 9.35 yards per punt return over 63 career regular season punt returns. Katzer on Thursday on what he's looking for at punt returner. 
so that that's a good question. The, the number one characteristic is efficiency. And the biggest part of efficiency is catching the football. And as, as elementary as that sounds, that's the most important thing because we're getting the ball back for our offense. All we need to do is possess it. After efficiency, then we're looking for explosion because every step we take towards those, their goal line after we catch it is yards in our favor. So efficiency first, which includes ball security, reliability, and then explosion. Katzer said that the most important thing is efficiency, and the most important aspect of efficiency is catching the football. Catching the football was a problem for Washington on punt returns last season. Washington had a major fumble problem on punt returns in the 2020 regular season. Steven Sims and Isaiah Wright, they were guilty of way too many fumbles on punt returns last season. The 27-17 win over the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field in week one. Sims muffed a catch of a punt in the second quarter with Washington trailing 17-0. The 30-15 loss at the Arizona Cardinals in week two. Sims, a lost fumble on a 12-yard punt return in the first quarter. The 30-10 loss to the Los Angeles Rams at a rainy FedEx Field in week five. Wright muffed the catch of a punt on a zero-yard return in the second quarter. The 23-20 loss to the New York Giants at FedEx Field in Week 9. Wright, a first-quarter lost fumble on a muff catch of a punt. The 2013 loss to the Carolina Panthers at FedEx Field in Week 16. Sims, just one punt return. It was a debacle, a disastrous muffed catch of a punt late in the first quarter, resulting in a lost fumble that was recovered by Panthers receiver Brandon Zilstra for a touchdown and a 6-0 Panthers lead. And then in the 2014 win at the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday Night Football in Week 17 to clinch the NFC East, Sims a fourth quarter zero-yard return off a muffed catch of a punt for yet another fumble. Now, Sims thankfully recovered the ball, but he did so at the Washington 25. That play could have been disastrous. If you remember the circumstances of that game, Washington was nursing a 2014 lead. That game was a lot closer than it should have been given the state of the Eagles, given that the Eagles essentially tanked that game as it went on and benching Jalen Hurts in favor of Nate Sudfeld. Washington was only up by six points. Sims muffs the catch of a punt in the fourth quarter, but does recover the football, does so at the Washington 25. But if he doesn't recover that football, Eagles have possession at the Washington 25, trailing by just six. I mean, think about how different last season could have ended up being if Steven Sims doesn't recover that football. Washington abysmal on punt returns over the last four seasons. Clearly, that's an area that needs to be upgraded. I think Steven Sims is fighting for his roster life. I think this guy, DeAndre Carter, has a real chance to make the team as Washington's primary punt return man. All right, that will do it for you and me, but just for now, keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Hope you've enjoyed all of the Washington football team minicamp coverage on the pod this week. The weekend, always a good time to catch up on anything that you may have missed. We've had a lot of good Washington football team content on the show this week. Monday show, episode 78, featured a chat with WFT reporter and social media sensation Jordan Asri. That was a lot of fun. Tuesday show, episode 79, included a bunch of conversation off a number of Washington's assistant coaches speaking on Monday. And then Wednesdays and Thursdays shows, episodes 80 and 81, in-depth coverage of days one and two of the Washington football team's mandatory minicamp. Many exciting things ahead on the podcast between now and the start of training camp in late July. So I'm very much looking forward to those things starting next week. Your continued support of the podcast is appreciated. If you're not already a subscriber to the podcast, please consider subscribing. Doing so doesn't cost you anything. Uh, Also, if you have the time, and this doesn't take much time, please give the podcast a five-star rating and just write like a one-sentence review. Doing those things helps out the podcast a lot. Enjoy the baseball this weekend. Nationals facing the best team in the majors, the San Francisco Giants at Nationals Park. Orioles playing at the best team in the American League, the Tampa Bay Rays. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday. Let's get it there, Heineke. Heineke.